are back after a short hiatus. Expo West was a couple of weeks ago. I didn't make it down. I didn't have any snacks in the aisles, but your two hosts, Johnny and Colin, were there. We're going to be recapping, talking about what we saw, trends, and predictions for the new year, which is shaping up to be quite busy. Johnny, Colin, welcome to the season two finale of Bricks and Clicks. Oh, Lucas, it's so great to hear your voice. It's so nice to have you back on the pod. All our listeners have dearly missed you, and they commented on it all the time. So it's great. I to know see you. I got some. I don't want to say threatening LinkedIn messages, <laughs> but there there were some that were a little bit aggressive. Someone was saying like, "Lay off the Oreos, bud, and get back in the booth. Your mouth is too full of the Oreos. To be working on the mic. We miss you. So appreciate the love. Maybe a little less tough next time. A little softer would be appreciated." Colin, how are you doing post expo? Pretty good. Getting over a cold. Hopefully it helps the podcasting voice get a little more rasp in there. But uh, nice to be back. It was an exciting expo, probably the most exciting expo that I've been to. And uh, yeah, we're excited today to chat about what we saw, what the trends were this year. It seems like every year expo has its own flavor of what the cool new products are and some themes. So I have some notes on uh, what I saw and I'm excited to hear Johnny your take on what the big themes were this year as well. Yeah, I think the first thing that I noticed walking the floor was the fake meat. It seemed like everywhere was fake meat. More, less than last year. Plant-based was a big thing last year, but was it plant-based offerings or explicitly fake meat, like more fake sausage, more fake burgers? more fake Denver steaks, chicken fingers, chicken nuggets, all that type of thing. Like chicken was a really popular one. Various types of chicken that were plant-based. Like last year had a lot of the, there was a lot of fake meat last year, but this year it seemed over the top. Now, some of them, I think like they got way better, but then there were just so many meat too. It's like there were brands that when I was talking to people, I was like, was walking by and they would have a huge booth. I don't even remember the name of this brand, but just like a massive booth. I'm like, have you guys heard of this brand before? And no one's ever heard of them. And so it's like, how, where do these guys come from? They have just an absolutely massive booth throwing a lot of money at this for a product that exists already in many other booths. So yeah, I think fake meat was one of the big themes for sure. And I think what was yeah. interesting, I was a little surprised by it because it feels like over the last year or so, Impossible and Beyond, I was the two leaders of, out there in the media have really struggled. Mm-hmm. And they have not met expectations and they've started declining and failing and not really taking off. So I figured maybe there would be less buzz around that category, but I don't know. It's still, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I think something that's interesting with that as well is just the timing of it with the calling of chickens in both North America and Europe. I think it was 50 million chickens were killed in North America, 50 million were killed in Europe, which is why eggs got so expensive. Obviously, chicken is, but also products that contain those like mayo, et cetera. And somewhere in Canada got into some hot water a few years ago when they were cutting their chicken breast with soy and other products. So it was called chicken, but it was like 52% chicken, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. Bigger picture for, say, private labelers, quick service restaurants, or even just regular restaurants that are looking to have some things on the menu especially for maybe the kids menu or just almost like 7-Eleven style convenience store quick meals where no one's buying this for quality. They want a nugget for under five bucks for a combo and they can now, they just have more options to get it to be their uh, flavor and how they want it. But also for things like IP where if it's a specific formula or ingredient, I think that that could be playing into it as well. 
Now, that's not to say that this one specific use case is enough to have all of these Me Too competitors, but I think it's interesting looking at the supply chain and what this means from a logistics or even just product offering coming out down the road of will any of this be used in ingredients elsewhere? Similar to how Cho Chocolate does a lot of their sales to restaurants, a consumer packaged good could have other customers as well. Yeah. I love that there are more options. I think what we're seeing is like there are so many options that all these companies can't survive and they know they won't all survive, but it is forcing them to hone in on what consumers want when it comes to the fake meat space. And it could be interesting too, like if it's the texture or the breading that like good breading could make as much of a difference as what's actually inside it. If it gets soggy when you're trying to cook it in your toaster oven at home, might not be the meat substitute at all that matters. Yeah. And that might be some of the innovation too is like, yeah, is how easy it is to prepare because I know some of the earlier, so like daring is one that I think they've continually upped their game and they showed up pretty big and their product when cooked correctly is very, is almost indistinguishable from my palate, but I haven't eaten meat in a while. Almost indistinguishable from chicken. However, when I cook it at home, I can't, I have a hard time cooking it right. At least in the old formulation, like there was like a 30 second to 60 second window where if you went a little too far, it was too dry. And if you went before that, it wasn't warm enough. So maybe the technology that is is coming out is like the ability to cook these with more forgiveness and get the texture out. There was a lot more mushroom products I noticed, especially when it came to chicken, because I think the texture... The stringiness that you can get from mushrooms much more closely matches the chicken protein makeup. Whereas like before, I guess the sitan, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, yeah. the soy thing that is often used for chicken, it gets the stringiness, but like as soon as it gets cold, the texture goes away. And I think mushrooms are like s- simulating that and are more forgivable. So it's And there's, if you have a good intolerance as well, yeah. you don't want to be eating the way it becomes, or the, not way, the flour, the wheat flour. Yeah. Is that a, is that a, is that a flour-based seitan? Yeah, it's flour-based and it becomes stringy. I've seen it as a beef substitute mm-hmm. quite a bit as well because it's almost like a flank steak or like a, a carne asada type of beef. It's, oh, so it's the gluten of... is how they get the stringiness in the seitan. Ah, okay. Yeah. I saw a recipe for it. It looked really cool. It's great, but it just it's a ton of work to eat and it's hard to find. Yeah. So mushrooms, yeah, which actually links into the other trend is mushrooms. So the mushrooms, the mushroom trend and the fake meat trend are coalescing, but Mushrooms and other adaptogens were everywhere in more products than they had been in the past. That was my, one of my other big ones. Yeah. Also a lot of mushroom coffee. That was, yeah, I think there was a couple of them before, but there were multiple ones. Just every, basically every coffee shop you saw along the way, every coffee brand seemed to be a mushroom coffee one right now. Yeah. So they're really, I got a couple more to throw out and these ones all, again, these, many of these started to overlap, but. You got, you had the mushrooms and the adaptogens, which is a big thing. Prebiotics and probiotics. Yeah. So those are the supplements or additives. And then caffeine, one of our, one of our favorite supplements seem to be in, in more and more things. Yeah. And I think we all have a, we all have a cup of caffeine with us now. So caffeine was being put in everything and they all converged on sparkling waters, which again, so there were so many more sparkling waters with every conceivable combination of pre and probiotics and mushrooms and adaptogens and caffeines. All uh, and then usually a lot of pastel matte finished cans seem to be the trend on packaging on the sparkling waters. Sparkling water was next to my list. They were everywhere. Yeah, so many different types. It's delicious. It's great products. It was yeah. awesome because you could basically be like, oh, I'm thirsty. There's a sparkling water company. I can grab a can and try all these fun flavors with and without sweeteners or yeah. the alternative sweeteners being tossed in there. 
Ouroboros was a great one from a sparkling thing I've tried. Sparkling water. They're based in San Francisco. Really enjoy theirs. Sort of switching topics a little bit in terms of some of the top products I saw are interesting ones. We went to the Albertsons Pitch Slam. There's like 40 brands for pitching to Albertsons buyers. And the product that won was a popcorn company called Light Air. I remember sitting in the in the audience when they announced the winner. I was like, what? How does a popcorn company win? What is going on here? That's interesting. So I, went, I, I know another like startup popcorn company as well. Maybe we're inadvertently predicting the 2024 trends. Yeah, maybe. But it's like they call themselves baked puff corn because I went over to their booth and was like, I got to see what's going on here. That sounds like cereal. Yeah, it was delicious. They actually had a cereal flavor. So cereal was one of their flavors. And so you're you're exactly right. So it's called Lake Air Baked Puff Corn. They had the simplest booth. It was literally just cases of their products. And it was absolutely delicious. I tried every single flavor they had. They had cereal, they had salt, original, and cheese, I think, as well. And it was delicious. So I think that was probably, that was the best product I tried during the show. So I could see why they won the Pitch Slam. Because I did not understand it when they were announced. But it's called Lake Air baked popcorn. Do you see any uh, interesting products fall on specifically? Honestly, I didn't find anything that I was like really excited about. It was more of things I liked and there was yeah. more selection and in like, I'm always looking for non-dairy offerings, but like, did you try non-dairy? I did try nuts for cheese. So good. Yeah. Yeah. The fake cheeses, the fake cheeses are getting better. Much the better. non-dairy ice creams have been good. So good for a few years that like, yeah. you almost can't tell. Well, the Ben and Jerry's like all get it. Just as a different experience, but also you feel better after eating it. You're not as the next day. Yeah. If you follow the portion size on the ice cream container, you might not be, but I don't. I so do that. I, like that can't be done. Sounds like that's I don't buy I don't buy the Ben and Jerry's anymore because it's too good. But then I'm Ugh. always look at the nutritional label and be like, that was too much sugar. Suppose it's sugar. There has been a Ben and Jerry's moratorium in my household because it just it can't last. It's, yeah, this self restraint just goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was also interesting, this is more so for brands who are thinking of attending next year, is mm-hmm. Hall E, which is the downstairs hall off of the main hall, mm-hmm. was where all the excitement energy was. Like, it was crazy the difference when you walk the main floor, like the big hall, whatever it's Hall A or Hall, whatever the main hall is. Yeah, it's like A through D, I think, because yeah. it's all together. <clears throat> and it's whatever, it's, there's a little bit of excitement, but it's pretty, some parts of it are pretty stale. But then you go down the escalator to Hall E and it's just, whoa. There's so much happening right here. So I spent a lot of time down there because it was just fun to be around all those brands and the people. I was trying to decide, was that because the actual offerings were better or was it just because the ceilings are so much lower and the aisles are (laughs) narrower that it feels like (laughs) it's like if you're going to, it's like if you're having a, if you're doing a music performance, you'd rather perform to too small of a room that's over capacity than too large of a room that's at half capacity. That certainly played an impact. You get down there, you feel like you're in the dungeon, just crammed with people. But <laughs> yeah. I think also it's cheaper, right? I believe it's cheaper to be in Hall E versus upstairs in the big booths there. So a lot of the more traditional, more established brands are upstairs and mm-hmm. the Hall E is more of the more up and coming brands. So it's probably a combination of both. That was definitely trying to get to Hall E if you're, if oh, you're presenting. I did think of one product that was exciting to me. I mean, it's actually, this is going to be funny because the product didn't change, just the packaging changed, but just egg. Mm. So I don't eat eggs now, but like of all the things that I don't eat, eggs is probably the one thing that I, I would say that I miss. And I've never bought just egg because it came in a plastic bottle. Plastic was a little bit annoying, but I have a hard time getting away from plastic. The real issue is that yellow colored liquid in a stand-up bottle looks too much like mustard. 
So yeah. every time I look at it, I'm like, ah, maybe not. But they're moving to a carton now, like when you uh, buy actual eggs that are already scrambled, just look way more palatable. And the product is still great. That's amazing. So that was one. Can you use just egg in like making pasta and anything that you would use regular egg for? Or is it? Yeah. My understanding, it just, it subs, it subs exactly for egg and cooks like wow. egg. And that's uh, amazing. Yeah. It cooks exactly like a scrambled egg. Remember playing around. Yeah. Which one observation I had at the grocery store yesterday was the healthy section. It's a no frills and Colin, I'll, I'll take you there in a couple of weeks. But they put in a whole bunch of new freezers for just more plant-based alternatives, like dairy-free ice cream cake. We bought a yogurt there that's plant-based, and I had some, and it just it tastes great. It's like yogurt. It's the calories are still a little bit high, and there's still a lot of sugar, so I wouldn't necessarily call it a healthy alternative. I would call it a dairy-free alternative. But it's definitely where the trend is going, especially if grocery stores are willing to put in significant renovations and more cooler space, which. Yeah. It's just, it's more expensive to store, it's more energy, people leaving doors open, products go bad if customers don't put it back. Mm -hmm. So I think that once it gets to the retail level of investment, that's definitely where the trend is. I want to jump back to mushrooms and adaptogens. Do you think that mushrooms are sort of the ingredient du jour with a lot of supply chain issues the last year and a bit? Or do you think that it's a trend that's much more here to stay the way that, say, corn has just ingrained itself into everything? Are you trying to nope. push Colin's buttons by talking about corn? Yeah, I was like, well, we don't first have enough of time all, for this episode. <laughs> I don't know if that was an intentional or unintentional pun on the ingrained, but nice one either way. Yeah, you don't want you don't want my corn rant. But mushrooms, but mushrooms, I think it's it, there's just been a lot more there's a lot more information out there about the benefits of mushrooms. I'm not read up on the research to know if there are real benefits, but like mushrooms exist in a different kingdom than plants and animals. So there are unique nutritional benefits there that are not in other plant proteins and animals and stuff like that. So I think it's it just it, from eating a varied diet, mushrooms probably should be an important part of a complete diet. And Makes they're sense. really, today they're just like, ah, it's like another vegetable, but they're not. It so is. I think that's where the mushroom stuff is coming from. Yeah. Believe in the mushroom. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I think that's a great place to, to wrap it up as well. Johnny, anything else out on mushrooms or adaptogens before we... Wrap it up on, on season two and tease the uh, the big corn episode of season three before we get the gag order. No, I think that's a good hit list of what we saw at Expo. It was a lot of fun. And Colin and I are now getting ready for account planning season. So I think we're going to take a break here. This is a wrap on season two. We will be knee deep in account planning for the next six months. So it's going to be a very busy time. So we're going to take a break and we will uh, we'll let you all know when we're coming back. But thanks to all the listeners. Lucas, thanks to you for putting this thing together. Absolutely. Thank you for the Last couple of seasons, it's been a, a ride. We brought a few more family members in since we started, ate a few more mushrooms, and hopefully people got some value out of it. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. And I hear someone outside the studio warming up. I think it might be the Dirty Nell. They want to get in and record. Good. We got to get out of here. Audio's leaking in. Thanks, Lucas. Bye, Thanks, Johnny. Good job, guys. <laughs>